for a filmmaker, they have to be realistic, like, what do I want out of this? And again, how is this going to really help my career? And then I think you have to kind of build your press release and your strategy from there. Hi, and welcome to Best in Fest. I'm Leslie LaPage, the director of the La Femme International Film Festival, and this is a podcast for people who are interested in advancing their career in TV and film and learning the dirty little secrets. Today, I am so excited to have Deborah Galels on again. She has so much information. We were only able to tap on to some of it regarding distribution last time, so now we're going to be talking about marketing and PR and all the stuff that you need to get your film out there. But a little bit about Deborah is she has run a very successful PR and media consulting company for the last 15 years. She has launched uh, many, many films. Cato, the untold story of which was about the star of Free Willy, the whale. She has launched the award-winning documentary, The War on Kids. Uh, She has also launched a mighty fine for uh, Lionsgate along with The World Without You, starring Rada Mitchell, P.J. Byrne, and James Tooper. Among others, she has held positions as an executive at Fox, Warner Brothers Television, and PFG Entertainment. Welcome, Deborah. Yeah, hey, Leslie. Seems like I talk to you so much anyway, but it's good to see you. A lot of people are confused on what a PR person does and and what their uh, job is when marketing films. So let's just start off with, you know, what is a PR person to you? Well, to me, it's somebody that you bring on. And I mean, not every publicist is a marketing person and not every marketing person is a publicist. I think those are like really two different functions. I mean, if you are a PR person and you have a great grasp of how to expand an audience and do social media and put everything together. That's even better. But for me, it's, it's like, you know, a publicist is somebody that is able to, you know, help somebody launch their brand or launch their movie to get articles about them out there, get them interviews to get a public awareness about the project or the individual. Uh, that, that's a good overview on, on like what that position really holds. Um, there's, there's so much confusion on whether independents need a press release. What is a press release? What's the purpose of a press release? When you work with your clients and you work with uh, some of the filmmakers, how do you approach the press release? What is your goal? How do you construct it? And then once it's constructed, how do you get it out there? Well, I think my goal is, as you know, it's not just to get into publications or to have it picked up. It's also to be able to use it to pitch stories. That Because sometimes you kind of evaluate what you're going out with and who's really going to pick it up. But you want to be able to have all the information about the film, you know, there on one release where it talks about, like, let's say the people in it and their credits and, um, you know, what they hope to accomplish or what the story was. It gives you like a nutshell of the project. So when I'm sending it out to different outlets, um, you know, they have an idea of like if they're going to pick it up or they're not going to pick it up. Or sometimes we kind of figure out how are we going to get something picked up. And, you know, sometimes we want it picked up in industry trades and sometimes in like niche publications. 
it, you know, I think it sort of depends on like what the goal, you know, is with the release. Like, let me, you mind if I give you an example? No, please give me an example. Yeah. Okay. So remember we did at La Femme this year, we did the TMS, you know, women in anime and animation spot. Right. Right. So for, so for people listening in, TMS is an anime uh, company and they create uh, anime product. They were in the film festival this year and we had the goal of promoting that screening. Right. They did Megalobox was who was created the, you know, it was based on Ashido Nojo, a 50-year manga in Japan, but a woman filmmaker in Japan created the series Megalobox, like an updated version. So we, you know, we had a special, like we had, in 2018, we did um, a special event with the filmmaker. And then this year, it was the second, you know, part two. So we, and we did a special talk after with Jinko Goto, who's, you know, one of the heads of women in animation. She's an Oscar nominated, you know, producer. She's done a lot of animation films for Netflix and, and they had a really great conversation. So our first round, you know, when we took out the press release was, um, you know, there's, I, I use the Japanese, the Asian bureau chief of variety, Patrick Freighter for all my clients that are from those companies. And, you know, I went out to him. I went out to Re Rebecca Sun at the Hollywood Reporter to try and get major, you know, and it just wasn't going to get picked up. I think it was a very busy time of year. The Hollywood Reporter commented to me that, you know, she thought it was a great event, but she just didn't have the bandwidth to deal with it at that point. You know, he said no. And so then we went to a lot of niche, you know, anime publications like Otaku USA, Animation Magazine, Anime News Network, all the, you know, Anime World, Animation World Network, and they did a lot of, they picked it up and they promoted it, and then we promoted it to a lot of, like, you know, women animation groups, and it was very well attended, but in that case, you know, we gave it, you know, we gave an effort towards putting it in the trades because we, you know, like, you know, my thing also is that I'm pitching a TV version of that right now with another, with a partner. And so I was hoping, well, maybe we'd get something out of it, but it really wasn't something that they, you know, were going to do. Another example, you know, they honored Olympia Dukakis at the, um, posthumously at the Richmond Film Festival. And, you know, I sent um, a press release to Deadline about that, like the first round. And, you know, Patrick Hypes from there, you know, emailed me back and said, you know, we just were limiting film festival releases at this point. It wasn't, and it ended up going into Broadway World and, you know, a couple more of the film festival sites. But it, you know, it just, you know, a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is, you know, what time of year, what week of the year you're doing it, what else is going on. But I think that, you know, to go back to your original question, the point of the release is to, you know, get the information out about the film and, you know, like, or any new news about it. And then I think that, you know, like, if you really want to expand your audience for a film festival screening, I mean, you're not, I mean, I don't know that the trades are going to help you. Like, I don't think people that are reading The Hollywood Reporter are going to say, oh, you know, I want to attend that screening. But you have to kind of find your audience and get that news out to them, too. Right. So as an independent who is in a film festival, who is trying to get press, how do you suggest or where do you suggest 
they focus their efforts um, in securing that um, target audience viewership uh, along the lines of, of, you know, getting the word out? Um, Well, first of all, it kind of depends what the genre of the movie is and, you know, what the audience is. So I've had, um, like, this past, I think it was in August, of Dances with Films, I, you know, like one of the films I was representing was about a punk rock group called The Briggs on tour, you know, and Gridlock was the name of the movie. And we focused on, you know, press in the L.A. area because they wanted to get people into the screening. But we also used any of our, um, anytime we were hit, like with an article or, you know, it got a really good review in, in um, Film Threat and we would promote that. That's like another, you know, let's put that off to the side for a minute, but... Um, you know, we, you know, they use the bands and his um, social media contacts to really promote that screening. And then we also did, um, you know, as many interviews as we could, as many, you know, articles. I had the film reviewed in two publications, you know, Film Threat, which, you know, if you pay $50, you know, they will make sure they get it to you on a target date. And the good thing is, is that it's, um, it's a, um, it's you know it's a Rotten Tomatoes qualified critic, and actually Borealia Borealis got like the perfect review from them. You know we put it in, and now it's up on her Rotten Tomato page because her movie's being released next year. So I mean sometimes they don't always give you a good review. Like another client's movie got something very average. You know, I think that the critics there are very good, but, you know, Briggs got really a great review for the kind of documentary it was. And we went on, you know, we had almost a full audience, you know, at that screening. They didn't really want full houses, obviously, because of COVID. But we had, a, you know, it was very encouraging, the turnout. And, you know, they had a party afterwards, too, that, you know, was encouraging for the people we passed because of COVID. But... It was very, you know, that was a very well-attended screening where we met all of our goals. But we had, one thing good about also with Dances with Films is they gave us, like, almost two months to promote the movie up front. And they, you know, they really pushed for um, for the filmmakers to hire publicists. And, you know, but it's not always going to work. I mean, in this case, you know, I ended up getting them distribution, like Gravitas is going to release that film in February or March. But not every movie or every short film is, is really good. You know, just because it's in a festival doesn't mean it's something that is going to attract a lot of attention. So you have to kind of think, like, what do I want to get out of this festival? You know, it could be that... You know, just getting an article posted somewhere is enough for you to go promote yourself to an agent or a manager or, you know, I mean, it's it's like I think that the question always has to start is, I mean, from our point of view is being like, I'm a board member at La Femme, you're the head of the festival, you want, but, you know, you want butts in them seats or online, you know, but for a filmmaker, they have to be realistic, like, what do I want out of this? And again, how is this going to really help my career? And then I think you have to kind of build your press release and your strategy from there. I mean, sometimes, you know, you might get a, you know, like I also have to say, and a lot of people will disagree with me, but those PR web things don't really go to any publications that anybody is going to see, or it's not going to really lead to many transactions. So you're better off hiring a local person, you know, a publicist, 
to get your, you know, get it in the trades or, you know, whatever you can do to, you know, to build an audience. Let's talk about uh, building that audience and that that market. How do you approach that on a product, on a client's product that uh, you've been brought in to market and promote? Um, sometimes, you know, it's easier. Some Some films are just easier than others. So, you know, I can just give a, you know, a couple of examples. Like, you know, a couple of years ago when we did the, um, you know, I had that short film about, you know, it was in the festival that, you know, about Violet, you know, the Gibbon movie. And so um, they wanted to have a screening to raise money for the Gibbon Center. And um, so my strategy there was obviously, you know, this was before COVID. It was in 2019. We were having the screening at the L.A. Film School with a reception and, you know, um, I, for me, it's like I first went out with the press release and, you know, got like Broadway world. It wasn't really. And then I really, you know, did a whole different, I decided to change my tactics and just be very, use the press release to pitch. And so I pitched to like, um, you know, I think it was KCAL 9, that's like the CBS affiliate. And I happened to get this um, person there that really, you know, they wanted to help. They were an animal activist. So they got on a, the Saturday morning show, like the two of the producers, to promote the film. And then I went to a bunch of animal activists. You know, I went through like, you know, like all the, I looked on every um, podcast, every, you know, every possible radio show. And they ended up getting a tremendous amount of play in a lot of people. And then I went to like regional things, like, and because the Gibbon Center was in Santa Clarita, so their papers publicized it. And it just attracted a lot of word of mouth. And then we went on a bunch of radio shows, and it ended up being like 95% full. You know, I couldn't believe it. There were people lined up on Sunset Boulevard trying to get into the film school. I was going, like, what are they coming for? But it was, you know, that was the place, that was the time it really, but. You know, sometimes you have to change your tactic midway when you see that something isn't, you know, working 100%. You have to kind of say, like, okay, like, why, you know, like, and what do I need to do? And there are occasions even, like, when I've taken something out one week and nothing's stuck, and then I waited till the next week on a different day, and then I got a lot of pickups. So, you know, it's something, you know, you can't, I mean, it's you have to be tenacious, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, some you have to have a plan, and then you have to figure out the best way and the best course you're going to get to enact the plan and get as many things picked up as you can. There's never any guarantee. Um, you know, there was somebody from the festival a couple of years ago that, you know, that I had on um, KUCI on Janine's show, and that, and people that were listening, it was you know that documentary about the fashion designers, and they went off and they bought tickets, you know, because they were it just they happen to be watching it, but I always kind of feel like you need to really, I mean, you have to make the cause to be out there. And then, I mean, if you don't do anything, you're probably not going to get much of an audience. And, you know, you can't really depend on the festival necessarily to, you know, promote it because they have a lot of other things going on. Yeah. It, that's what I think a lot of filmmakers don't understand the festivals. Once you secure um, a screening at a festival, you're selected to screen. It's not the job of the festival to promote individual films 
or shorts or whatever it is that's screening. Our job as a festival is to promote the entire festival and all the screenings within it. So that's where the independent really has to bring on someone like you who's an expert in marketing and PR. So when they come to you, when this client comes to you, what's the first thing you do with working with them to create that campaign? So, I mean, I'll ask, obviously I watch their movie or if it's a web series and then um, I really think about like, I mean, I'm always very honest. Like a lot of people will charge through the roof knowing that they're probably not going to get a hell of a lot of play on it. So I have to evaluate. I never want to like disappoint somebody. So a lot of times I'll just, you know, pass on it. Um, And that, you know, if I, I'm always, you know, I kind of give tangibility, you know, like, what can we really, what can you really expect? And then I always like to add 20% more to that because, I mean, obviously we keep trying to break through boundaries, right? But I, you know, pretty much I evaluate the project and then I come back with a business proposal, like what it will cost, what I think I can do. And I always, always, you know, give an overall view of like where I'm going to be taking it, you know, what I think I can, you know, but I have to say, I never can guarantee it because um, it's just, it's a very, you know, it's, it's, it's people's whims at the moment. Like, so for here's an example, like a couple of years ago, I was working on a short called Haji at, um, you know, Dances with Films and Ross Marquand, who's one of the stars of The Walking Dead, was the star of it and he was one of the executive producers. And I just happened to hit Sam Rubin up you know, to see if I could get him on the show. And it was, he said, you know what, you know, I haven't had him on for a while. Yeah, let's make it work. But it does, you know, just because somebody's famous or they're on a show, it doesn't mean that he's going to always say yes. I mean, he says no, like the last person I had on was Jonathan Bennett. And that was at the beginning of, you know, this year. So, I mean, he, you know, it's like he's, oh, and also Hunter Doohan, who was played the son on, the Brian Cranston show, Your Honor. I mean, he, you know, we got him on too, but um, that was, it's it's not a guaranteed thing. So you might think, oh, I have a big name in here, but it could be that that person was on before. Like even, you know, and you've known this too with people from the festival, like who we get on, the, like when we got Marion Ross on that Fox show, but we, how many people do we pitch for everybody that they say yes to? So that's not a guarantee either. So I think that for me, it's, you know, like if the people are realistic, but they also have to help too. I mean, by promoting it on social media, by... Well, let's talk about that. How does that, how does, how do you work with helping them promote it on social media? Do you do any social media promotion? If so, how does that tie into your marketing and PR efforts when you're creating this campaign for them? Um, I do. I like to be one of the people like, you know, in the world without you, I'm still the social media director. And, you know, and now she's going to have a showing of her movie on Jewish Life TV. So, you know, we're going to do a bunch of articles and promotion pieces, but we'll also promote that on social media. I think that in terms of, you know, I I think it's really important that, in, you know, a lot of movies and festivals, and this is nothing to, you know, against the filmmaker or the quality of what they're making, but, you know, a plethora, you know, like of their, of these projects are going to get digital releases. They're not going to be in theaters. They're not, 
you know, like, you know, it's the exception and not the rule that gets really picked up by a studio or something like that. And even then, you know, I've had friends that have had movies they've made for like Netflix and, you know, it's all by algorithm. It's not really, you know, by that type of thing. So my, I always encourage, like, get as many followers for your project as possible. And, you know, you need to promote from that base. You know, that's how, I mean, because that's also very, like with Nicole Kahn, that was what was attractive, really, to Vision was the fact that she had such a huge fan base. I mean, the film was great, but, you know, when you see that kind of activity, it, it just makes it a lot, you know, easier. And, if, you know, and if you're doing it to get people at the screening, it's helping you. Another example is, um, you know, I've been working all year, um, and she find, you know, she's going to sign a distribution contract soon, so we're, you know, we're taking a vacation with, you know, Christina Zorich, the new abolitionist. And what I did, you know, because you know, you're only going to get so much PR and so much, you know, help, like if you're doing virtual screenings and you're doing a lot of them. But I had, you know, one of the assistants that works with me, you know, we compiled a list of organizations that would could promote her movie once it's in release. So now she has a huge Excel document that she can go and have all these organizations go out to their social media and to their people once she is in distribution to, to make people aware of the screening. You know, I mean, so that's how that's how you really... I think it's you know you have I think it's that's how I like to work with it. I like to build it as part of the product. For those that are listening in, can you give like a to-do list? This is one, two, three, like listing. Once you get in the festival, this is the first thing you do. Second, third, fourth in promotion and marketing. What is your to-do list uh, to those listening? Well, I think you know the first thing is make sure all your assets are really, you know, they're professional, they're really good, you know, the obviously the one sheet. Um, if you, you know, you have to kind of decide what you want to do, but it doesn't, you may not, you know, it depends on what your budget is, but if you want to hire a publicist, I would talk to, you know, a few of them. Just don't go to one person and talk about what your goals are and how they can accomplish it. Um, if you don't have that in your budget, then I would say you write a press release. And I would... Um, just, you know, like lots of times, like the festivals have a list of press that are attending. You know, that's like another thing I always do, too. I go, who, I call the publicist of the festival. And I go, what's your press list? And then, you know, you think about, and then, like, look at other, like, you know, Melissa Silverstein's Women in Hollywood. Or, you know, Deb Elias has a blog, too, for Behind the Lens. And it's all about women filmmakers. So, you know, those are the people I would really go out and, you know, start promoting it to. And then if you could get your press release picked up like on one outlet, even if you put it up on Medium yourself, then promote that through your social media. And really, like, I would also, one thing I think is really good, too, is to create a Facebook event for your screening and start inviting your friends and, you know, start building your whole brand from that. And then have a page and... You know, then by that time you build up such an audience that, I mean, that, you know, people can come, they will. I mean, and if they can't, you know, maybe they'll go to the virtual screening or, but those are all, I mean, I think you have to kind of look at like, what's my end game, you know, with this product, whether it's, a, you know, a web series or it's um, in, um, a short film, an animation film, a, a, a narrative, a documentary. 
I think you have to, I, I always encourage people to look in terms of how to build the product. If it's something that you just made and you're just using it as like a sample of your work or something, then that's really kind of up to you. It's like, it's, you know, you're playing with the house money. I think. How do you um, really maximize the promotion in media for festivals? What is your, what is your one, like, when you're working with someone or when you're advising a filmmaker, what's that one, okay, you must do this and maximize that media? Well, I think it depends on the movie. You know, uh, like if it's something animation then or horror niche, I mean, I feel that the most important audience to go to are those kind of publications more so than you know, the film festival thing, because you, you know, you know, that's going to, it's a lot easier to get that kind of press, but, um, and that can help you, you know, in the long run, if you're somebody that's looking for an agent or a manager and, you know, you have a great feature film in a festival or a documentary, then I think it's going out and getting reviews about it for there, but I wouldn't go overboard because, you know, you can't control what a critic is going to say either. So you want to just keep it, you know, give enough where it can get interest. And then I think, you know, I would say, you know, pitch articles. Like, you know, with one of my clients, Desiree Staples, I just, you know, she just got a whole interview in the Hollywood Times. And I'm taking out a press release for her right now about a festival that, you know, one of her... um pilots one for the ensemble cast but you know i'm before i'm doing that you know full-heartedly i'm trying to get her you know articles where people are talking about her because you know her goals are much bigger than that and she just finished a film that she co-starred with um you know starred along with rumor willis that she produced and the director is very hot you know heidi weitzer so um i want to you know make it more about her than about you know, especially because, you know, rumors publicists had the whole thing in like the daily, you know, like mail in the UK and it was in the Hollywood Reporter. So, you know, you want to like play it, you know, you want to give her like just as much and a press release from a festival in Wisconsin is just not going to do as much as, you know, so you, you know, you have to kind of figure out, I mean, it's everything really, I think is about strategic, um, you know, strategy, and I think every project is different, and that's what makes doing this so interesting, you know, because, you you know, you see different ways to help people, but, you know, not everybody is going to be the same, so. Well, uh, circling back to this specific uh, uh, movie with Rumor, it was a short, correct? No, it's a feature film. Oh, it's a feature, okay. So, um, you know, Rumor is legacy, Hollywood legacy. You know, she's coming in from... Bruce Willis, uh, it's his daughter. So did that really help facilitate that, uh, movie in a larger, um, known, you know, media push because she is a, a legacy, uh, actor? Right. Cause it wasn't my press. I mean, I think it was a version of the press release I drafted, but her publicist actually took it out and they, you know, like, I mean, we didn't, it just sort of happened, you know, they decided to make it from the point of view of her casting about it, and it got everywhere. I mean, if I, you know, if we had, you know, my, if I had done it, I would have gone and had the casting announced on deadline, 
and then had a bunch of other people. It would have been a different angle, and I probably would have gotten it pushed in. But, you know, like, I just, you know, like, but they, you know, their, her machine is a very powerful machine, and, you know, I mean, they, you know, she was in all kinds of articles that really helped her, but she was, she wanted to help the film, because, you know, she's one of the stars of it. So, it, you know, I think it was all good. So, I mean, and, and it's getting them on a really good track, and it, it's a wonderful film. It's going to do, you know, there, there are a bunch of, like, you know, young up-and-coming filmmakers that, you know, really they raised the money for it on WeFunder. They were very, you know, they were very much off. There was a lot of them very involved in the process, and they had, you know, ideas and, you know, of how they wanted to, you know, launch their own careers, and, I, you know, I think it's great. But that definitely, you know, of course that helped. And I think it um, will continue to help, you know, because of, you know, the, you know, obviously because of her profile. But it won't negate from the movie because they're all, all these girls are, you know, coming out in the business. They're all launching great careers. And they're, it's going to, be, you know, it's going to benefit all. You just, as, as a publicist, or you just can't have a big ego about, However it gets done, you just have to say, that's great. So is there anything, um, uh, uh, is, is bad press really bad press or any press is good press? What's your viewpoint on that? I think it just sort of depends. I mean, like what Alec Baldwin is doing right now with that interview, that's very, it's not really good for him, you know, because I mean, a lot of people who were sympathetic to him are probably now think he's kind of a schmuck, you know, actually. But I think that... Um, I mean, a bad review is not going to real. I mean, it's worse to get a mediocre review, honestly, than a bad review, because a bad review, somebody might, at least, you know, they, you can see that there was passion put into it. And it just says it's sort of like a placeholder while you're traveling the country from one coast to another and watch it, it passes time, then you, nobody's going to do anything about it. But if it's bad, you know, you might get a little more interest. I think it's, you know, it's best to, I mean... What do you can do? Is that what you consider bad press, like a bad review, or what? Give me another example of what would be. You know, there's there's a lot of independent filmmakers out there that will get, let's say, um, a really great review, right? And then there's some that will get that mediocre review that is not really bad, not really good, and then you'll get some that just, you know, trash the movie. So when they have those types of reviews, how do they spin that or, you know, work that into a more positive presence when they're traveling, you know, the festival circuit trying to get, you know, a distribution deal? How does that work for them or against them? No, it's hard. I mean, I had a film that was picked up by Amazon, you know, um, and it got... I mean, and they had on Facebook, you know, thousands of um, followers on their Facebook page. And, you know, the reviews were so bad that it's been very hard to get a lot of traffic on the film. I mean, people, you know, they get interested based on, you know, the promotion or based on a teaser or something like that. And they go there and, 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 you know, it's also like even if they might be inclined to like it because so many people didn't. And that some of them are like, you know, from the L.A. Times and stuff, it's, you know, they justify like a bad moment with it and saying, you know, and turning it off. So I think that that's just a very it's it's an uphill battle. I mean, if you have, you know, I mean, it's something that I mean, 
you can stand by your film. It's just, you know, it's going to be very hard to, you know, get the business on it. Especially now because, you know, there's so much content out there that, you know, people's, you know, and people's attention spans aren't what they used to be. So, you know, if you don't like something and then all of a sudden it's being validated in your environment, then, you know, you're kind of done with it, I think. You're not going to really deeply dive into the material of, you know, the, and, and you can just turn things off. Right, right. Uh, uh, does it, one, one couple, couple last questions. When you get a phenomenal review, does that make your life easier to get them interviews, to get more traction off of that? How do you spin that into securing that variety interview if you can? Or because there's so much content out there, even a phenomenal review, still it's hard to get that, you know, big variety Hollywood Reporter interview? Um, I think it just, it's only going to come by who picks it up afterwards. And, you know, like, I mean, let's say, you know, you get a great review and the movie's picked up by, you know, HBO Max or something. You know, then they're going to definitely pick that up because it's a big venue. If, um... You know, like, I think that, you know, in the case of the Briggs, you know, the Gridlock, they got a great review, and they they got a great two or three reviews, actually, and then when it's going to be released by Gravitas, it's going to probably help in terms of getting him interviews or in their push for the film, but really what's going to matter the most is how many people that they have in their network to, you know, send to, to get on the top of the algorithm to begin with. I think that it just depends, like with, you know, like with Borrelia Borealis, she got it, they, you know, they, you know, Film Threat said it was the perfect film. It got a 10 out of 10, including her performance. And so when it's getting released, like in February, you know, I mean, that should help other, you know, I'm going right now to get more reviews for her and it'll probably get a bunch of really good reviews. I think it's going to help her. In two ways. I mean, depending on the push that they're able to do, I think it'll, you know, people will be inclined to watch it because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got really good reviews. But for what she wants to do with her career afterwards, you know, as far as building a representation team or, you know, getting funding for her next movie, those are the things that are going to, where it's really going to show up for her, I think. So what's your uh, uh, piece of advice for young filmmakers regarding promotion, marketing, uh, press releases? Well, I think you just have to decide, you know, when you make something, what do I want to do with it? And then how is, you know, how are these things going to help me, you know, to that end? And then I think when you, you know, that you should consider, you know, depending on, you know, your budget and stuff, bringing somebody on to either advise you or to run your campaign and, you know, and really, you know, and, you know, it's something that you kind of learn from. And I think as things evolve and change in the business, different strategies, like when I started doing PR, you know, it was much less about social media and about like, you know, overall marketing things. And it was more like, you know, where can we get an article in? Oh, how great it is. But, you know, when you really, you know, you have to, based on your decision of like what you want to use it for, you know, that's, you know, then I think when you talk to different, you know, when you talk to different, you know, consultants or publicists, you know, I think you should work with the one that's closest aligned to what you what your needs are. And, you know, and yeah, I, I think that I think that's great. A great piece of advice. Um, 
What's a dirty little secret that you've learned along your PR path, um, PR marketing path that you can share that you wish somebody had told you or it's a big aha moment for you going, oh my gosh, of course. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of times when I first started, I was more intimidated, you know, by, you know, like by just going right to the host of the show, like a Sam Rubin or KKL9 or, you know, Anderson Cooper or people like where I placed people before. And I think that, you know, that the one thing I've learned is that nothing ventured, nothing gained. So that, I mean, that there's, I mean, that, and a no isn't a no forever. And another thing too is that if something, if I take something out and it doesn't click, then you just reposition it and you, you know, try again. So I think that, you know, I guess my dirty little secret would be is that, you know, doors are not always closed and, you know, that you just have to, you know, that there's always a way to get your content out there. And, and great. And do you have any other questions for me or, you know, no, that, 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 that's great. I think that is a, a real interesting thing that you said, which a no is not always a no, meaning it's not a no for life. It's just a no in that moment. Right. 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 That's great. Uh, and you just have to, you know, I think for me, because, you know, you know me for a long time. I mean, I, you know, I think that for me, just keeping an attitude, like a really positive attitude and being able to, um, you know, because sometimes it really hurts me too. I love clients. I want their, I want them to get, you know, everything that they dreamed of. And it's being able to like pick myself up too and say, okay, so you know, what's a different way into this? Uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out your socials. And then also for those listening in, uh, Deborah uh, has her consulting company. So if you're interested in bringing her on board to do any of your PR and marketing, make sure you tap onto her website. So shout out your website and your socials for uh, anyone listening in. Okay. So my website is lamediaconsultants.net. So um, uh, www.lalamedia consultants plural because we do have consultants, not just one. Dot net, and um, you can def- you know see the different things that we do. I'm on Instagram at Deborah Gowells. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. So um, you know that's another you know. So you know, feel free to reach out. You can even you know like. I'm like, I'm Holly and Jolly during the season. So even if you just have a simple question about, you know, I'm always happy to just, you know, to answer you back. Awesome. Thank you so much. Deborah Galels for joining us on Best in Fest. If you want to see the video component to this, tap into the YouTube channel, La Femme International Film Festival, uh, La Femme Film Festival, or, and, or uh, make sure that you rate us on iTunes and uh, tell your friends. Out. Uh, thank you again for Best in Fest. Best in Fest.